Hey everybody, uh, Spears here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Geeks with Kids. Um, we had some pretty severe technical issues on this episode, resulting in one of our fabulous guest stars um, losing their audio entirely and um, some pretty big problems with the audio that was left. So the episode itself is extremely funny and you should completely listen to the whole thing. Um, stay for the post credit sequence for a special Geeks with Kids surprise. Uh, don't fast forward, that's cheating. Or, oh, you know what, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Anyway, um, please to enjoy the episode and uh, join us again next week for much better uh, technical tech stuff. Enjoy! If you want to do it in, in Brunswick, they would pay you. They give you 60% of your budget. <laughs> free. Uh, man. So if New Brunswick wants to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> and with the obligatory out of the way, what up, everyone? It's Geeks with Kids, your super conversational podcast about all things parenty and geeky. Um, I am unfortunately hosting again. I am Spears. Um, with me is um, Geek Aaron. Hey, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> and um geek james hello how are you and um her geekly ajesty uh crystal oh yeah. well, you know you're the guest star you receive preferential treatment <laughs> so how's everyone doing how's your week's been good finally got the kid to bed nice Sleeping kids, especially on the time change, is crucial. <laughs> Crystal, are you, are you, yeah, and how'd it go? Oh, no. Oh, this is pain that I know. So, so basically, daylight savings time is 24-7 for you. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. Now, no, Clark was like that for us, man. 100%. It made no difference to him. Yeah. Yeah. And even um even still like he still like got up at um a little bit after 4 um yesterday. Which kind of stunk, but he, you know, we ended up tricking him into at least going back into his room and being quiet until the far more reasonable hour of a uh, quarter to 6. Well, that's fine. That's a, that's that's a reasonable victory. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Oh, Ooh, I remember though. No, wait, I remember fragments of those. <laughs> <laughs> you it's you mean you got to breed again? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm I'm just caught up the breeding again. We were one and done. It takes about a year. Oh. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. Ditto two. Oh, totally. Only one. Only one. It was only allowed to breed once. <laughs> but what a geek she is. <laughs> oh, well, hey, yeah. Hey, listen, when you, you when you get it right, right, right out of the box, you just go, perfect. Done. Yep. Break the mold. You said in your window was dead. <laughs> uh, I missed it. <laughs> See, I, I, I learned, you know, my, and I kept telling my parents I was the oldest one. You got it right. Look what happened when you went with the other two. It wasn't going to get any better. It's only worse. So hmm. I kind of learned from my my parents' mistakes. Cool. You know, I'll can say I this because go ahead. Oh, can I throw a question out there? What's the, um, I know we're, one of the things that we do is rip off the things that Dance Robot Dance does. So let's but, rip off uh, Dance Robot Dance again. Well, let's I'm going to try not to, actually. Instead of talking about geeky things we did, um, can I ask about geeky things that our offspring did? Ooh. Or, Crystal, in your case, maybe geeky things you did to your offspring? Halloween, yeah, what'd you do for even Halloween? like, I don't know. Yes. yes, definitely. 
king of the king who? of the Britons. <laughs> I never voted for him. <laughs> oh my goodness! There are so many parallels that just like Listen, suddenly dawned on me in that yet. sketch with actually what is going on right now. Be quiet. Oh, oh, look, I'm being oppressed. Come see the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> uh, Man, if only King Arthur would wreck, wreck, wreck Trump. I don't know. They yeah, launched a cow out of him. I think he could have shot at Hillary, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though it would be funny to see, uh, you know, Trump with the bunny. Yes, um, I'm gonna. I got to come up with a new nickname for her. Um, I'm gonna call her Figs, I think. And um, yeah, so we had the uh, bright idea to dress her up as uh, Eleven from uh, Stranger Things. So um, we were both oh. really pleased with that. Yeah, but I. Yeah. Yeah, and it was so funny because we thought for sure this would be like, oh, the neighbors are going to like this. And then we found out our neighbors don't watch Netflix or real television and are like, your kid's nose is bleeding. And it's like, it's ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a character, man. Come on, lighten up. (laughs) That's awesome. Did you guys synchronize? Were you all uh, Stranger Things? No, I did Old Man Logan and... Um, Sarah didn't get a chance to uh, dress up because she was too busy like getting the kids dressed up and uh, Mercury we dressed him up as a ghost and he he went with it like from like day one of Halloween uh, like in October we're like dude what do you want to be I want to be a ghost and I was like okay we got to get a backup costume ready we got to make sure that there's something ready for him just in case no dude rocked out the ghost he he owned it and he did so well man yeah Um, sort of, but, um, more like it was just like a, uh, like a toss over kind of like a costume, but we didn't do like you mean the, you, dressed, uh, you didn't dress him like Patrick Swayze in Ghost? No. Although that would have been awesome. Covered in clay, too. shirt off, long hair, mullet. <laughs> too soon? <laughs> you could have been reaching, you could have been reaching around figs and you could have done uh, a video with music. Well, that just would have been creepy. Come on. Uh, yeah, try the line. Brother yeah. and sister, this isn't Star Wars. <laughs> but next year, I'm hoping to get him because now he's watching more cartoons. I want to start bridging the gap into some of the um, the horror esque cartoons. So I want to start showing him Beetlejuice, and I'm hoping that maybe next year he'd dress up as Beetlejuice and Figs would dress up as uh, Lydia, and I think it would be so cute. I totally saw Beetlejuice running around when we were out trick or treating. Oh, sweet! Yeah, Check. it was sweet. A little kid. The other night, uh, this uh, is the this was my first year really going out like in the neighborhood for trick or treat trick or treating. Last year, our guys were little, so we just kind of stayed in our like little court or whatever. Right. But there's some folks out here that go like hardcore. There was this one house that had like there was a white van, and they did like a like a splatter kind of along the side of it. Oh, nice! And they had their their lead up not to the front door, but to the side door next to the van, and they had a strobe light in their um. And they're like, you know, their outdoor little light fixture or whatever. Right. They had like they, they had the move they had the music from Halloween blaring. Oh, sweet. I yeah, eventually- so like I was on the other side of the road with uh, with Clark and Kara, and I just kind of looked at them and I'm like, guys, and they're just like, nope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. Oh man. Um. Four and a half and barely three. Yeah. 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 So hey. Still for me, you know, you look and you gotta go, no. Even at 40. <laughs> Did you guys go get ahead, many kids in the neighborhood? Well, I'm just, uh, you know, like this year I had maybe 27 kids total. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, and it's like a school is at the end of the street. You know, I might have missed some of them earlier on, but no I, I wants just to funny. go to school on Halloween. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Yeah, it was a school night. I figured if it was a, uh, a weekend, and it, but it was good weather, which is rare or has been rare. 
probably yeah, the last it was years. perfect perfect trick-or-treating weather i just at a certain point like i was out for about 45 minutes bought candy you know and uh figured i'd sit out and, and uh handed out 27 kids and it wasn't until the 14 15 year olds with the three bed sheets or, or three bags came running down the street and i went i'll keep the rest myself <laughs> no, I got the the pack with the Smarties, the Kit Kat, the Coffee Crisp, and the uh, what was the last one? Oh, Arrow. So it was a four pack of those. Oh no, they're all good. <laughs> Arrow There's is okay. Nothing bad. Yeah, but that doesn't stop it from being mostly chocolate. It is still chocolate. Acceptable levels of chocolate. Oh, for the record, um, Kara went as Minnie Mouse, and Clark uh, was going to go as Captain America. But um, then after determining that the costume was too difficult to get out of for washrooming, um, we did him up a costume as Ash from uh, Pokemon. So he basically... Oh, cool. Yeah, and I feel like on the spectrum of possible Ashes, that's like a solid like five, five and a half. (laughs) Evil Mm. Dead next year. Change plan everything. Guest host Crystal points out that uh, next year she would like to dress her adorable son up as an Ewok, and uh, she herself would complement the costume by going as Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi. Not the one you're thinking of, but the Endor costume, um, where she's in like the camo gear and that uh, cool little helmet. I was watching the, uh, they had the Winter Classic on Winnipeg oh, yeah. versus uh, Edmonton, the uh, the old-timers game. So Gretzky's out there, and uh, they made a comment, you know, you know, look at all the uh, the Jofa helmets. They had to round <laughs> up all the, the remaining ones so the guys could wear them. Yeah. But it looks yeah. like a speeder bike helmet yeah. from, from Empire, or from Jedi. It was cross-promotion. Yeah, cross-promotion. If you watch them, they had the speeder really effects every you. time they skated by. But it, to their credit, the rebels really weren't riding the the speeder bikes, so they were just they need to wear something. So oh yeah, that's a good point. Actually, when they touched down on Endor, they didn't predict riding around on like space motorcycles. Exactly. On the subject of responsible parenting, yeah. uh, the Simpsons has been renewed. Uh, yeah, up to season into 30 now. what yeah. I think through season thirty. Yeah, so they're in 28 right so now, what, so they got two, two more years after going. this one. So I think they will be um, north of 600 episodes, uh, like well north of 600 episodes by that point. So it's... So when was the last time you guys remember watching Season 26-ish, maybe. <laughs> like a few years Like a few years ago. Yeah, there were a couple a good ones. Years ago, right? Um, but nothing like the, nothing like, like the first, like, seven or eight seasons where you really were like, man, that was, that was like comedy gold there. <laughs> oh yeah. Was, the Conan O'Brien must, years were unparalleled. The, it was must see. No, it was on Sunday Thursdays nights. You for always a while. watch the Simpsons. It was on and Thursday nights for a while. School the next day. I'm like, po- I am positive. It was Thursday night television for a while. Well, I mean, there was in repeats and you, you, you wound up catching yeah. the repeats. Over and over and over, and it was you know when it was playing. I think weekly or daily. Yeah, there was a time where I would like on just three or four channel stations just to like watch Simpsons or have the Simpsons mm-hmm. on in the background, like probably like two thousand four or five or something like that. Because like I don't like when Simpsons started. I mean, I guess it's worth pointing out that like when Simpsons started, there was really no like no true. adult animation of that kind on TV. The closest so it was a would have been years ago would have been um, yeah. uh, what's Flintstone. called the, the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, well, it was the Flintstones was adult mm-hmm. oriented, but kids got it. The Simpsons was well, Tracy Ullman started using them, and it was basically <laughs> a mistake, or not so much a, a mistake, happy accident, it was unintended. Of sorts. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think funny they thing started happened. it. They started it intending it to yeah. be like psychological, like adult humor, but you know the the longer they developed it, the more. And I feel like uh, I read the unauthorized biography yeah. 
the um Oritz book years ago. Um, and I think the case right. that he made was that was like James L. Brooks's influence. And as he came in and got more involved as a producer, he started bringing a lot more heart and grounding into the stories, which is why in those like first 10 seasons or so you see like religiously, like, yes, you can, we can go bananas with these stories, but they have to come back to like mm-hmm. a relatable sort of human heart, you know? Then and even when you look at things like who shot Mr. Burns, you know, you still get the relatable family moments, you know, even in a, an episode that had very yeah. much departed into the realm of yeah, cartoon going back to hockey, that episode where uh, Bart and Lisa are on opposing uh, hockey teams as kids like that is gold. And that was. <laughs> hey, Marge, they're they're going to play against each other. They're in direct competition. Fight, 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 oh, fight. Man. Oh man, I I relate to that episode very much right now. Um, Clark and Kara have right. become fairly competitive for attention, as it feels like there's like 15 right. minutes between the end <laughs> of school and bedtime or something. Oh, that's how it feels anyway. And like, I think we're starting to see nascent versions of like, well, I'm yeah. gonna swing my arms this well, I'm way, kick and my if legs you this get way, hit, and if you walk into them. <laughs> uh. Oh, that was man. That was a good app. Is that one of your like? I think so. Would I you would, say that's one of your. I would put that up. Like, uh, that I would put faves? that up there because there are some. They're not just like the like the heart and soul of that episode is like the two siblings coming together and having that again that grounded like family moment at the end where they like realize that even though they're in direct competition with each other, they love each other. Like there were some. There are some uh, great moments there where, like, Milhouse gets his teeth knocked out. <laughs> and then it cuts to the next scene where he's over at the Simpsons house. You've got my teeth! And Marge, like, hides them in her, like, apron or something. Who collects teeth? Uh, <laughs> oh, I love the way that episode ended, man. With Bart yeah. and Lisa skating off, like, kind of hand in hand. And, like, you see Snake up in the... <laughs> Up in the seats, and he's like, if only they had had junior hockey when I was a lad. He takes out a crowbar and whacks uh, someone in the back. Went to a hockey head. game, and a fight broke out. Well, that's what I'm trying to think. I mean, there's ones that I think I refer back to a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if they'd yeah, be yeah, yeah. favorites, but like the the future episode with Lisa getting married and coming back to Springfield. Yeah. And, and, oh, uh, so much a product of its time too. Like, wasn't Hugh Grant so. like his uh, her boyfriend in that one? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. you know the, uh, mm-hmm. but but you kind of look mm-hmm. at those episodes mm-hmm. and, and kind mm-hmm. of you know there was so much that they were predicting and, and that actually did come true or or, but you know things like that. I mean, it was it was definitely. It, it, there's episodes that jump out, and then there's some that you kind of go. I remember the one where Homer. Oh yeah. Was, trying to free the kids. They had been stuck in the school in a snowstorm, and he was stuck in a uh, snowbank breathing right. the the exhaust. And Lisa's uh, camel and all these uh, just wild hallucinations. And you kind of, you know, there, there was a lot of episodes towards the end of my watching mm-hmm. it on a fairly regular I basis where you went, none of this makes any sense. Usually the first five minutes hey! ties in nowhere to the end of the episode. Here, Crystal's awesome, talented husband, AJ, hops on uh, the mic, and he uh, basically tells us that his favorite Simpsons everything involves Ralph Wiggum. Comedy ensues. Oh my God, you want to talk about, um, one of my favorite parts of In Who Shot Mr. Burns is when um, they strike oil in the school. And you see the like the oil spout like breaking through like each floor of the school, and Ralph's looking down, and it's oh, like, Miss Hoover, oh, the floor so is shaking. Ralph, do you remember the last time you told me the floor was shaking? And then you yes. see like this boom, and Ralph yeah. goes flying. Well, and that's what man, that's what James L. Brooks brought. He in these ludicrous situations, I feel like he teased out these deeply relatable, recognizable moments. Yeah. But I think also too the use of of celebrities like when they started bringing bringing people in Hi, I'm George people playing themselves <laughs> oh my God. but in a different where did you get in those a, brownies a way you take a look like the McCartneys or or um you know George Harrison yes and and, and like he, like um, one of my favorite like the guest star was the Mark Hamill where <laughs> these Luke guys are just a Jedi tonight and, you know, and he's stopping you know he, he 
you know, shut up. He's he's trying to save us long distance charges. You know, and he's uh, they use these guys, and guys would come in there and basically people like Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson yeah. making fun of himself hadn't really been like these. You know, they were spoofing and satiring themselves before it was oh, really yeah. cool. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, AJ asks if The Simpsons is, in fact, the record-holding TV show uh, for the most episodes, given all of the soap operas and such um, that might have more episodes altogether. Um, here's what we say. I okay. think it's prime time because they were. I think soaps in general fall out of prime time. I can't remember and if that the one. American was, was the it? big caveat of the prime yeah. time. Yeah, that was the previous record holder. Gunsmoke went for a long time. Yeah, because that was prime time mm-hmm. and like, yeah, westerns back then were so cheap to make they could crank <laughs> out like five of those shows a week without batting an eye. That's how you make TV. Sort of. <laughs> you don't need all these high tech gadgets. Just a man <laughs> and a horse. <laughs> In a, uh, in a script. Uh, that might have been. What episode was that? When they was that the uh, one with with Scorpio, where they where they oh, moved yes. to the other town? That was a great episode. You know what? That one's my best. That one's my best, Scorpio. Oh, there we go. Oh, AJ mentions his favorite Simpson episode is the one that's like Cape Fear uh, with Sideshow Bob. Oh, oh that, that was, was another Silent I... Bob one. Yes. That's the one that ends where they really do Bob. the... Uh, yeah, Sideshow Bob. Sorry, that's one where they do the HMS Pinafore at the end. Before I send you to hell. <laughs> he's going to kill costumes. Bart on the... Uh, he's got Bart alone on the, on the boat, and they're like sailing down the river. I will send you to heaven before I send you to hell. <laughs> yeah, and Bart requests him to sing the full score as his dying wish, <laughs> and he does it because he's Sideshow Bob. <laughs> Now, Am do you I? think that it, if it lost anything after uh, the Family Guy came out? I think out? it was so yeah. very finger on the pulse of what was kind of important in the world and taking that level of satire, like, way out there. Do you think it was because they could react and, and make an episode much faster because of their almost lack of Definitely. animation? You know, it was like <laughs> they could react to something that happened within the uh. week. Oh, I think who is it that turns into the villain? Is Crunch it Butters Berry, that turns into I a super villain, or is he the henchman? Yeah, that was Butters. Yeah, Butters wanted to be the the villain. Yeah, he was. He would. He would dress up and hide in his room. <laughs> yeah, and he kept trying to come the up with these plots, and every one of them is also mirrored. Like, hey, Watchmen already did it. Where Kenny basically becomes Rorschach, and you don't find out until like the like the very last episode, and it's like no yeah. kind of thing. Was that it? I don't remember. I I don't remember that, but it might have been. I worked with a guy oh, years yeah. ago, and I mean, he was he was in the South Park before it was it was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of introduced us. Like he was watching Cannibal the Musical religiously before, <laughs> and then basketball and anything else, and then he had every episode memorized. And I mean, it was like season three or four. And uh, and it, then it started to die down a little bit, but uh, up until the movie, really, I mean, he had every episode memorized. He'd come in and he would watch them all day long at work because that's all we did was watch movies. It's amazing. We well, that one that was back when I was working in the in the film industry. And, you know, we were working at it was research. It was, it was well, we had nothing but TVs and VCRs and nobody looking over our shoulders. So that's all we did was watch movies. It was one of the great jobs where for four years I was like, I got cable in the room at night. We're watching wrestling. You know, so your job was basically Randall's job from Clerks. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. When you figured out how you could wire up the TV and uh, and had wrestling on nine different monitors, so that way no matter where I looked, and I'm watching SmackDown or... Uh, it was great. You had Monday Night Raw, <laughs> you had Tuesday Night SmackDown, Thursday Night Thunder, and uh, Wednesday Night something. I, you know, I was wrestling four days a week, and you were saying, "I'll work the afternoon shift. Don't worry." <laughs> Depending on who you worked with, but yeah, some of the guys that was great. Or we watched Survivor at night. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, first oh, like they're Survivor. still like. Uh, speaking of survivors. 
Uh, uh. Did you know they're still making Sega Genesis? Apparently, in... Yeah, in South America, the Sega Genesis, or the Mega Drive, as it's known everywhere else... Um, it's kind of been trucking along, like, fairly steadily for the past three, like, two and a half, three decades. So much so... new games, or they just grabbed everybody else's games? Nope, just re, you know, re, as far as I can tell, like, repackaging and recirculating the, the old 16-bit library. Um... But in like in developing nations, it's wow. such. I guess there's something about the hardware platform that's so sturdy and so reliable that it can just continue to be passed down and Shut just keep chugging along. Door. It's reached the wow. point. It's reached a point that a company called Tech Toy in Brazil is now they're making new Sega Genesises. So here, um, Aaron asks if the. New Genesises come uh, preloaded with games, uh, which they do. Um, AJ mentions that there's already these video game systems you can buy that play classic games on modern TVs, and I think he's talking about an emulator. But no, in fact, he's talking about these uh, homebrew consoles that will actually accept the old cartridges and CDs and whatnot. Um, He's very smart. (laughs) <laughs> and with an emulator, you know, it's close. Oh, so if you have the classic carts, then... <laughs> yeah. it's, actually, it's actually just three game systems duct taped together. Right on. So you make one again. It's like Ripley at the end of Alien being like, we've really got to play some video games. Or Mo going, just like, I've made nine guns into one gun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Game Gear. You know, yep. they used to have... <laughs> oh, dude, they had a TV tuner. Like, you could put a pair of oh, rabbit ears on top just... of it. Yeah, it was, a, you know, it was uh, the little slotting cartridge with the rabbit ears sticking up just so you could get black and white TV. Oh, it was so cool. You couldn't yeah. make out anything, but it, it was yeah, like, I, I kind of got TV a little. AJ remembers that there was such a thing as a Neo Geo... And, um, boy, just watch me nerd out about it. Woo! Yep, that was SNK. They were... The TurboGrafx-16 was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. You're... You could... I know I somebody that actually oh, bought the TurboGrafx-16 with one game. <laughs> because his cousin said, this is... A, it's going to be the best game system on the market. He bought it. Within a week later, they had discontinued mm-hmm. it. And he only has one game for it. Ugh. Man, it's too bad, man. Some of those, like, in terms of a collectible game system, like, that's yes. ba- that's one of the, if I think, one of the hardest to hardest track. Oh, I, guess. I, I, I keep going, you know, do you know where it is? Says, I think it's somewhere in my parents. <laughs> One-up games, man. See, what I'd mention, love to mention see. Mention Christie's name, they'll punch you in the stomach. See, what I would love to see, you know, as, as a concept, if, if you're going to go back to some of these old game systems, in the spirit of Minecraft and everything else, and Duty. everything old is new again, take some that of the new games. That would be awesome. You know, like, uh, you know, they, they keep doing the 4K versions, upgrading them. You know, they're going to do a 4K <laughs> version of The Last of Us or, you know, um, what's that, Drake's... Uh, Downgrade them to 16-bit? Is that what you're saying? Downgrade them to eight. Yeah, I was going to say Contra or Commando. Either one. I want want to see, uh, you know, Modern Modern Warfare or or Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Infinity Wars as an 8-bit shooter. They had that. It was Contra. Oh, man. I mean, it would have to be 2D and (laughs) 8-bit. It would be like Castle Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember one of the guys, we had a, a computer at high, in high school. We got a, a Pentium 100. And one of the guys ah. took <laughs> and, and one of the guys took one of these games and loaded in uh, Doom into <laughs> it. And this thing just flew. And everybody was sneaking Turned into the... Turned it into uh, a LAN party uh, hangout. Remember, the, the old, <laughs> it was uh, awesome. TV studio at, at school. So uh, they had it hidden in the back. It was meant to be the big production computer. We were going to do our yeah, credits sure on did. it, animation. <laughs> and here we are. We've got, uh, <laughs> we're we're playing Doom on it in the backgrounds. 
you know, as the teachers are going, so did you guys, you know, work on yeah. that animation project? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. AJ asks us what the uh, last game we played on dial-up was. Warcraft 2. I never played those games as, uh, no. as uh, online. And, like, it was always, it was always, well, it uh, wasn't really online. Yeah, like you'd uh, have to like know specifically the person that you uh. wanted to connect with <laughs> and you would have to use your modem to connect them directly. Yeah. There was no blizzard.com to like, to like, to match you up with people. God, you're at the mercy of like message boards. <laughs> AJ mentions that he used to run a uh, BBS or a bulletin board system which uh, was very much the forerunner to the modern internet in many respects. Can I make a BBS confession? Um, it used to be that when you wanted to become a member of a BBS, you had to, like, apply directly to the administrator to sort of to join the BBS. And, you know, it got to be that there was this almost, like, form questionnaire that you'd have to fill it out. Like, where did you hear about this? What's your interest in it? Blah, blah, blah. And... There, there was a code word for pirating games, and it was NPD, non-public domain. So there was this one that I was applying to, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll put it down, do, 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 you know? And then I, then <laughs> as I was waiting to see if it would be accepted or rejected, I read the, like, the cab, the, like, the, you know, the introduction, like, text file for it, and it's like, no NPD, do not apply for this. Then I immediately sent them a message. It was like, oh my god, I didn't mean it. Don't report me. <laughs> AJ recounts a cool hacking trick. I won't tell you what it is, because I know you, and you would use it for evil. Oh, man. In the movie version, you hook up with Angelina Jolie. The Gibson. Named for a Canadian <laughs> cyberpunk writer, William Gibson, originator of the concept of cyberspace. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood fudged the details. Never. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, then she turned around. She did, didn't she marry the, uh, the her co-star in that? Yeah. Johnny, Johnny uh, Lee Miller? Johnny Lee Miller, who's, who's uh, Sherlock the, in elementary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she I thought he used computers an awful lot. That's a lie. I never watched Elementary. Mm. No, it's, it's got Lucy Liu in it. It's, no, it, it's a pale comparison to the uh, BBC version. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, it looked it looked okay, and I'm sure if the uh, BBC version wasn't so accessible right next to it, it probably would have done better. Well, it's got the problem of you know, and what you're seeing now with a lot of TV, and it was funny because I. Matt LeBlanc said it on a TV show called Episodes. He says, you know what, uh, you did that British show. And they're like, yeah, we did this British show. We won all these awards. He says, yeah, you're an American now. He says, you got to do 24 episodes. He says, how many episodes did you do of your, well, we did six seasons. Well, how many episodes? Four a season. Mm. He says, so you're still at maybe, you know, not even at enough episodes for one season. So the writing has to be completely different. You gotta water things down. So he says that's why the the British stuff. He says individually, great episodes, but you don't have that longevity. How many poop jokes did he make along the way while he was saying this? Actually, you know, it that's actually a show where he's playing himself, the satire aspect, and he's playing a version of himself. But um, he he's not playing a nice version of himself. But no poop jokes, not like the uh, huh. that. That that uh, TV show that he just came out with this week or last week. What's yeah, that? I haven't been following. Well, he's got a new sitcom out. And it's him, and he's the uh, mm. the dad that stays at home, and he's got yeah, the kids, derivative. and he's got to learn how to be a stay at home father, and you know, Ugh. get his kids to do what he wants them to do, and he's you know hanging out in the class, and he's going to help with the PTA, and that and he's like, yeah, another one of these. The sitcom is dead. The, the very, very That's few smooth. sitcoms last anymore. <laughs> On the subject of shows that do manage to last, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer crossed yes. a really, really interesting anniversary this week. You like these segues? They smooth? Oh, like a bumpy road. All right. <laughs> um, but the um, an episode in the sixth season 
was a, uh, a musical episode, Once mm-hmm. More with Feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was an episode mm-hmm. that arrived mm-hmm. without a lo- without much of any forewarning. Is just suddenly you had an episode that from beginning to end was fully musical. Hey, hey. and you know it was it, it's explained in the continuity of the episode. There is a very good plot driven reason for it to happen, and it tells um, it, it lets out a lot of plot to the story, like things that had been building up. That yeah. Uh, this is the part where Crystal comes back. Um, I will recount the things that she says, but just assume that she said them funnier, um, because she did. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, it just was in, one of the... Just in time. Oh, it was it was integral to the what had been happening before, and then what happened later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, like most of the... By season six, the writing on Buffy was a very well-oiled machine so i think they every episode sort of did build tension and move plot yeah along you know they 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 were well well into arc territory i'll never tell and some of those songs i mean even for for like you know things that had to direct the plot and (laughs) that's the kind of song that would kill a karaoke the uh the let me rest in peace or the uh the one with xander and anya singing back and forth about the wedding Oh, really? I'll never tell. That I'll is never tell. That is sometimes my favorite. Hey, look at me! I'm dancing. Me too. <laughs> I, I I went so far as to, that was the first episode that I introduced my my daughter to, and then she wound up binge watching the entire series. Hmm. But we we were getting ready huh. to watch. Uh, actually, Avengers was about to come out, and we said, you know, nice. talking about Joss Whedon. Oh yeah, we remember that episode, and we we found the soundtrack. At uh, HMV, we started playing it. She got hooked on the songs. We went back huh, and found yeah. the episode, and we pulled it out of the, the DVD player <laughs> and yes. watched it. And she was hooked by that point. And we started just because we weren't really sure at that age. I mean, she was seven at that time, six, seven. And you started hmm. feeding her a couple episodes, a couple episodes. Hey, let's do Smile Time with, with Angel. Yeah. Let's see this one and this one. And then it that's the one where they turn him into a puppet, right? Yes, yeah, great episode. But uh, she likes Spike, and so you, you know, hey, let's go to this one, and let's go to the one where they, they, they all can't remember themselves. Crystal mentions that there was a character on Buffy named Spike, and that this character was awesome. Do you agree? I don't know. I, I have a my relationship with Spike kind of. I don't know, man. I really <laughs> didn't like the way that they just sort of shoehorned like him around screen. to a good guy oh, man. <laughs> in season, like, four through seven. But you couldn't kill him. So you couldn't make him a bad guy that didn't uh, didn't win again. They'd already done that. Man, there's always room for a star scream. I think that, I think he played kind of that role. Mm-hmm. Which star scream? Old classic star scream or the, uh, the watered-down remake? Yeah. Oh, classic. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I did, he did kind mm-hmm. of. It's funny because in season two and three, in season two and three, he was such a like terrifying presence, like a genuine threat. And then, yeah, in season four, they nerfed him. They nerfed him in three. They nerfed him in three because well, see, he was only he, in one episode of three. Yeah, lovers walk. Okay, because he left in two because he's driving driving away. Three. Yeah, he's the big bad for most of two. Well, just two was his his season. Yeah, that's right. He did because I was, I was confused <laughs> when uh, they went to college. Uh, yeah, that's season four. Season four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's when he got de- declawed. Crystal points out that to many fans, um, Spike's vampiric abs may have taken precedence over a realistic psychological arc. <laughs> we are approaching this from different angles. Yeah, way different angles. Well, when they did the mm. the episode though, and and I was kind of worried about when my daughter was watching. There's a couple episodes, especially like the rape episode, where he's. I mean, he became a very dark, dark character that you almost to the very very close to the line of irredeemable. 
And, and they really had to kind of walk that line of he's gone to that, that type of character. Can he ever be um, likable at this point uh, or, or go back to laughing with him mm-hmm. or, or him being the hero? And unlike someone like George R. R. Martin, he doesn't then summarily kill the character. Yeah, there's no beheading. Well, there was a lot of beheadings in that series. As a counterpoint, Crystal mentions that Joss sure did kill off Buffy's mother, um, the character of Joyce, in season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's a lot of stake. Oh, God. I rewatched that episode preparing for this. The body? Yeah. Oh, God. That's a hard like, episode to watch. <sighs> It is such, like, what, I remember when I watched it when I was younger and it had, and it first aired, like, just being blown away by the performance and how, how true it all seemed. Now that I've experienced Mm -hmm. more things like that, you know, I mean, never anything to that extent, but, you know, now that I've had family members, like, pass away and kind of been through, you know, funerals and such. Like it's it's amazing how just how much that episode gets right, you know yeah. the shock and the weird reactions. And I swear, like that the there's a point where um, Xander is dating a girl named Anya who is who used to be a demon, and they kind of do the data thing with her where she doesn't quite get emotions, and she just has a moment where like through the whole. Through the whole episode, she's just not yeah. reacting to this properly. And it almost seems like they're playing her for laughs. You know, like, oh, she doesn't really understand what death is. And then she just, she there's a moment where they kind of like rip into her a bit. And she turns around and is like, but I don't understand this. And nobody's mm. talking about it. And I don't get why she has to be yeah. dead. And no one will tell me why. Oof. You know, if the you other episode that, that was, moment, you have no soul. The other episode that was kind of like that was remember the episode mm-hmm. Ted with John Ritter. Now John Ritter is playing the the boyfriend, yeah. the the uh, the romantic interest of Buffy's mom, and he starts. We're going to have family dinner. We're going to. He seems very nice, and then he becomes very abusive to the point that Buffy. Yeah, uses her strength against. Yeah, he was him a robot, and thinks that she's killed him. And you know, and it's you know, and and all of a sudden it's, you know, she's she's done it on a human, mm-hmm. and uh, but how abusive but he they, was, um, yeah, and it's really playing on. And then they do the twist at the end with him being, you know, something, a robot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Early, yeah, he yeah, was a robot. But I think there was even the early seasons were great for that man. They'd like they tease you with like a serious moral issue, and then be like, "Oh, it's a robot or a demon, so it's fine for us to kill it." But having a guy like John Ritter doing that, playing the playing that dark character, and it was it was it was it was, it was again one of those what made it a good series to watch. You know, they twisted on you. But speaking oh, of man. Joss and 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 uh, and musicals, fifteen years later. In He's, he potentially will be directing an episode of Supergirl, uh, starring one of the girls from uh, from Glee, and she's going to be teaming with The Flash, starring a former Glee cast member as well. Uh, Grant Gustafson is is a former uh, uh, Glee member, and hmm. they're going to be doing an all musical episode with the two of them singing. So The Flash and Supergirl doing an all musical. And is it, Joss confirmed on that? Yeah, I don't know if he's confirmed. They want him. And he wants oh, to do I, it. I hope they get him. I hope this works out. They're just like the episode of Glee that uh, that he did when he directed. Oh, that episode was gorgeous. Oh, like, yeah. I really... Am, Patrick Harris. I, I feel like I've never seen a show jump the shark as quickly as Glee did. Oh, but yeah. that first season <laughs> was unreal. Well, and Joss's episode is far and away, far and away, uh, my favorite of them. Season three, in all fairness, I mean, when when uh, when Corey died, you know, that was that was it. You know, I mean, you you could see the. Oh, I was the already off the trolley by then. I think I hung I hung around just to see how it was finishing, but yeah, the, there was no enjoyment left in the in the series, especially when they predicted his. Mm. 
his death two seasons earlier in the exact same way. Uh, the character, Cory Monty's character, uh, they already knew he had a bit of a drinking problem. They wrote him a series. They wrote the, the series. He always thought his dad had died heroically as a, uh, as wow. a um, soldier in Afghanistan. And they said, actually, your dad came back. He couldn't deal with it. He was found dead in a hotel room. He had uh, drank and, and drugged himself to death. Jeez. And then, uh, you know, the, what happened in Vancouver with Corey dying that way, and they kind of went, "Oh crap!" And it, the whole the, the whole cast and everybody was just they were done. You know, they they were they were like, "Okay, this isn't fun anymore." God, I'll say, yeah. Whew. So before we leave the topic of Buffy altogether. This- um, just very quickly, let's run down a uh, mm. favorite episode and um, and least favorite episodes of Buffy. This is Spears's fault, so he will start. Um, certainly, my least favorite is the second episode of season six. Um, this is the episode where Buffy comes back from the dead. Um, at the end of season five, Buffy sacrifices herself like super heroically, and it seemed like such a logical place to draw a line under the show. I felt like Angel was just really finding its feet, and like this was a good time to just to move along, you know. Well, they were they were getting kicked off the what's it the WB, and then they had to find a new home, and they went to the CW. Yeah, and it was almost like okay. If this was Tuesday. to finish, yeah. Yeah, no, season five was not my favorite. Like, I didn't love Glory as a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, gen- more often than not, did not enjoy um, Michelle Trachtenberg as Dawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dawn's in trouble. Must be, th- what, what was it? Must be Tuesday? Must be Tuesday, yeah. Um. And I keep trying when I when I write, I keep trying to do a pun on that. Like, his comics, com- new comics come out on Wednesday, so I'm like, ah, it must be Wednesday, but it doesn't quite land. But I, I will keep making the joke until it does. Uh, it. Yeah. But anyway, that the ending of season five was so strong and so well done. Um, it was the only time. Like, I think the the big idea behind Glory as a big bad was that she was supposed to be like the ultimate evil version of Buffy's. Like bubbly valley girl kind of persona. Yeah, but they, um, they also did like the cross body with the doctor and, and Glory yeah, and having the same body, and it was yeah, yeah, it, it was it was weak. It was it was probably one of the weaker ones. I don't know where the cross body came from. Like, I don't know how that idea enters the mix. But I can kind of get behind the like, if we're gonna have a big bad, let's have a version of Buffy that's. Big and bad, and make her, in a sense, like face herself. Although I don't know, they did that well, with Faith that way was more effectively. Faith was, yeah, Faith was. And then um, you had, uh, yeah, you you had the almost like after they got through hmm. that season, then they almost yeah. had to go with the completely absurd with the geeks. Or they, I don't want to talk weird. about it. Oh, if there, if I could, if I could pinpoint an episode where the geeks emerge as the bad guys, that would probably be my least favorite. Because I did not that like... That was the invisibility episode. Mm-hmm. The infamous invisibility episode. Hmm. Huh. Oh, Buffy but there's is... stuff about... No, no, no. There's stuff about that episode I like a lot. Yeah. So I can't, <laughs> I can't put that one. But the... um, After the sacrifice at the end of season five, the first episode of season six was such a great, like, what now? You know, and the setup with, like, they had, like, a robot Buffy that Spike has built that is a sex toy in a previous season. It was it's a long story and it makes sense if you watch it in continuity. Um, but they had the Buffy bot being Buffy yeah. with like limited levels of success and the rest of the Scooby gang basically trying to keep the bad guys at bay. And the start of season six is when a bad guy shows up that they can't hold back. So one of them embarks on a horribly ill-advised plan to resurrect Buffy. And, I'd kind of hoped it was going to fail. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't. And then Buffy was back and miserable for the most miserable season Leading of the, the show. Leading the feel of, of uh, once more with feeling. 
Yeah, like I, I get that there's very there's very good in character reasons for it, but the the tenor of the whole season was such a relentless downer that and that episode is I feel like where it started. And you, and you know, I think Joss even thing. admits that you know that they had gone too far. That uh, you know mm. it, it was mm. dark, dark, dark for the sake of just being dark, and that's why they they decided that that was no. that's why he went with the geeks. <laughs> For the next season, uh, uh, was just so that way he he could be a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I didn't I didn't dig it. So I'm putting the blame on season six, episode two, as my least favorite. Okay. Though you know, I think my most I really labored over this, but I think my most favorite is um, the episode. Not um this year's girl, which is the episode where Faith wakes up from her coma that Buffy beats her into at the end of season three. But um yes. the uh, the episode yeah, following I remember that, that episode. Yeah, it was good. Um when Faith wakes up from the coma, um the big bad from season three has left her this very touching, like, I know things didn't work out the way I planned, but I still got a special something for you. And he leaves her this device, and she's not sure what it does. But he's like, use this on Buffy, it'll be hilarious. Um, and she does, and it is. Because they switch bodies. Oh, so, right, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Buffy is, like, arrested and carted away as, like, a criminal slash evil slayer. Um, for sure. Of all the big bads, I think the... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a... Ooh. Yep. The mayor's up there. Top three, for sure. Well, the mayor... The mayor until the the final episodes that was kind of when he became the snake. But before that, I mean, he I was, didn't like the always, design of the snake. He was one step ahead of everybody, so he was a good you know. And even if you want to take a look, one of the best villains uh, was the principal. Yeah, Armin Shimmerman, man, Quark, Quark himself. He was great of, as uh, just the, mm-hmm. as a foil. You know, he was he was always one step ahead of her, and she couldn't get anything past the principal of the school. And I thought, just as oh, a, as the, a typical, mm-hmm. you know, that that worked so well. There's a moment in another episode. I can't remember which one, but there's a moment in the episode where he speaks like on the phone to the mayor <laughs> for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's the first inkling that there's someone bigger. Well, that than was the, the night of the us. the infamous episode where Buffy had to stay for parent teacher night. And she was in charge was of school hard. That was school hard. At the end of it, Mister Mayor, no worries. Oh my gosh, that's the episode that introduces. Oh Spike. yeah, that introduces Spike. Someone's in the ceiling, and he's got the spike, and he's running it through. Mm-hmm. That episode, like the first season, was Monster of the Week. Blah blah blah. The Master. Blah blah blah. Spike turned. You know, he he kills guys. Then he walks into the at the end and got the little master yeah. from the first season and just says, "No, I'm not listening to you." Throws him in the cage, lifts him up, kid bursts into flames, and that's that's your big bad. I could not believe when they did that. My jaw was mm-hmm. on the floor and I was like clapping. And it the was dialogue unreal. when Angel shows up, "Hey, you wanna wanna bite? We'll, we'll share." And he says, "Come on, man, you were my Yoda. What was wrong?" Yeah. Spike is school hard. Yeah, Zeppo's my favorite. Yeah, school hard. Just because, and the uh, yeah, just because the Halloween that, episode that that followed like a few weeks later. Sorry, go ahead. Was Spike oh, yeah, out, that was uh, really good. going out for Halloween for the first time? Those were you know those were great episodes. You gonna claim that is that your fave? Oh, uh, nice. I think school hard. The, the Zeppo. The Zeppo is also a great episode. Oh. That was copied later on. They did an episode of uh, keeping it within the geek realm, the Zeppo episode, but with Booster Gold mm-hmm. on Justice League cartoon. No way. Well, and did you did you know that the Zeppo the episode Joss originally wanted that was going to be the last episode for Xander. The whole idea was Xander was supposed mm-hmm. to get killed off. Oh he, my god! Really? He yeah. Was supposed to be. He was supposed to be killed off. They thought that was the most logical way. They had done everything that they wanted. That was the to Halloween episode, wasn't it? And yeah. if you take a look, anyway. Xander doesn't do a whole lot. You now, in the series after that, yeah, he's got. They kind of branch him off on his own with Anya, oh. And, oh. but he's <laughs> he, he develops done, into interesting directions. But 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was a comic book season where he's hooked yeah. up with Don. Where he he hooked up with Don. You no, know, I, I read uh, it and collected it, and uh, that was one of them where you're kind of going, you know, 24 episodes. We're at like 48 books, and I'm still not sure what season, which episode I'm on. It just kind of. I read. Going uh, and going. I read eight and nine, and uh, then kind of fell off the wagon a bit. When they when they brought that the Angel back as a big bad guy for that season, and because they couldn't use him because oh, his rights right. were claimed by another uh, uh, publisher. Yeah, IDW had the rights to the Angel comic, and uh, Dark Horse was publishing. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't enjoy the Angels. At least the first season of the Angel uh, spin spinoff comic, I didn't really dig at all. That was the one, um, uh, Angel in Hell. Um, the notion was that the end of season five had happened, and Los Angeles did, in fact, get pulled into hell. And I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of funny, like, L.A. in-jokes. Right. Like, um, like, all the different neighborhoods in Los Angeles were, like, you know, lorded over by a different, like, demon. demon and, and it was this big... Yeah. Yeah. That's... More than anything, that's what turned me off. Because the notion was that, like, although they, like, lost the big battle and the cast had been pulled apart in various directions, Angel had finally gotten what he wanted, and he was human again. But he was in hell. Yeah, he's a human. So the hell. one time that he really wanted his vampiric power, and he didn't have it. Um, you know, it was not a bad idea, but it was a really long and ultimately an elliptical story. Like, the whole story of L.A. being trapped into hell is all about how they, like, kind of go back in time and stop it from getting pulled into hell. So it was like a zero-sum game, and... Anyway, ultimately, the rights reverted to Dark Horse, and it was... It became much better. And know? then, and his... They take the mask off, and, hey, it's Angel. Just as soon as they got the rights back. It's almost like, yeah. we're, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and... Yep, there were, there were a lot of neat puns about the bad guy being called Twilight. Yeah, and it was it was an interesting concept, yeah. you know the the whole idea of let's pick it up and continue. But mm -hmm. I think it just in it in the comic book sense, it's where it, it kind of lost its. Uh, yeah, I mean they 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 admitted in the like the sort of the preface to season nine that they know they kind of got a little bit a little bit too cosmic and a little mm -hmm. bit too abstract in the storytelling in season eight, and they were sort of bringing it back down to earth, and they did. Like season nine was very grounded compared to eight. Mm -hmm. More Scooby Gang, you know. <laughs> yeah, when you, especially especially that, oh. that book. You could you basically you're reading it, and you're reading it like an, a Buffy episode. At this point, Crystal sagely observes that the Buffy and Angel comics, although conceived and showrun uh, by Joss, weren't directly written by him. And uh, if you want to see a more pure Joss Whedon product in comic book form, she reminds us of a book called The Astonishing X-Men. It definitely uh, had when, um, when Wing and Armor turn that corner and Ord is there waiting <laughs> for them, like over the page turn, <sighs> there were well, moments. He wasn't really writing them either. I mean, he wrote a couple of them, but he didn't. It was kind of like, I'll give mm -hmm. you the plot line and, and you walk away with it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Well, he was doing Dollhouse. He was he did some Firefly. He was doing a bit of everything at that point. I mean, he kind of uh, Firefly had kicked by then. No, but he was also doing some Firefly comics. Oh yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. those were over at Darkhouse. They were few and far between. Now Firefly has an ongoing. Um, finally. Did they do it as an ongoing? Okay, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, uh, now it's. Now it's an ongoing continuing the story after Serenity. Um, yeah. I think it just started this year. See, I picked up a bunch of those, the ones like even Patton Oswalt had written, and you know, I, I think it just... I mean, it was good. Was they that were Better good Days? Ones. Did yes. Patton Oswalt write... Oh, that was... It was a miniseries about... Yeah. Um, about Wash. It was sort of, yeah, it was like a lost Firefly arc. Three episodes. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it was about... Oh, like, oh it was so good. It was about a heist that went right. Kind of, and what each of them would have done with what each one of them did with their cut of the money when things were great, but then of course things fall apart and they end up back on Serenity, and the season continues. I'm sure much to Wash's dismay. Yeah. Uh, it, hey, 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 hey! How do Reavers clean their spears? Oh no! Yeah, go. They put them through the wash. Oh, bad.
Yeah. I see that one on Facebook all the time. I think Wash would have approved. He would have got it, yeah. <laughs> Through the wash. Anyway, we kind of get back on topic um, about our favorite and least favorite Buffy episodes. Um, Crystal shares that her least favorite uh, Buffy episode was the second last episode of the series, um, when the Scooby gang kind of kicks Buffy out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I I think that sequence was well done. Like, you could see that a lot of the characters yep. were, like, kind of conflicted about it. But it's still, yeah, it was, it still felt lousy. Like it was, it was uncomfortable to watch, which may have been the intention. <laughs> but if so, man, intend something better. Though it did give me one of my favorite Xander lines. Trying to see your point, buff, but it must be a little to my left. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, yeah, there, I there was an episode, uh, and, and I hope you, uh, you don't mind me jumping in here. Um, Willow's, some of the better episodes is when they played with the characters and the characters got to stretch out and they did the, the alternate dimension, like the evil Willow, but evil Willow before she was evil Willow, vampy Willow. Yeah. And she showed up and she's, she runs into Willow and there was, she was, she's going to kill Willow. Season That's three. That's two and three. And, and uh, Doppelgangland the- is two. <laughs> and then the, I can't remember the title of the one where, Evil Willow comes to like the but when regular. Willow, Willow captures Willow, and I think it's her and like Vampy, Zamber, Xander, yep. and Willow capture Willow. And Willow at one point goes, the the foreshadowing is amazing. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I'm a, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, you know, that vampire yeah. me is a little gay. Yeah. Sorry, I just said when you were mentioning Willow, that's. Mm-hmm. I, I completely the, the foreshadowing with that character and the the way that they really played with her and pushed yeah. her in oh, different man, directions. The, that is a good pull. That's a good pull. The Evil Willow <laughs> episodes. I think as as much as they didn't do much with Xander after the Zeppo, they really played with Willow. Was became uh, such a force later on. And Alison Hennigan is is ju- just such a great actress. You know, no matter what she's doing. But man, I gotta say, after I saw her in American Pie, I had a real hard time not like laughing out loud every time I saw her on Buffy. I, 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 and then in, when she moved over to How I Met Your Mother, she was a standout on a, on a show like that. And <laughs> her character wasn't even the lead. Yeah, oh, it's a great series. You know, Neil Patrick Harris and and uh, the the wordplay and the interaction on that that show is yeah. Crystal mentions how the episode that started this whole discussion once more with feeling um sort of opened a lot of doors to other shows doing musical numbers and whatnot james elaborates sorry episodes like that led to little snippets like how i met your mother if you watch they did a, a bunch of musical numbers and the big one is the uh the suit song that uh they they basically do this big song and dance cast thing and it's um what would have been what would have worked in Buffy but they didn't have the budget for at that time they had the budget for in uh How I Met Your Mother and Alison Hannigan in that singing in that one wasn't Uh, Alison Hannigan like the professed non-singer of the group like didn't she specifically request for like very little singing she played the flute though right I think so because I thought there was a story surrounding. You know, there's a line in um, in Walk Through the Fire where she's like, "I think this line's mostly filler," and I think in the in a commentary or something that I read or saw, they were saying like she, you know, she wasn't big. But if that is the start of a Allison Hannigan singing blossoming, then that's a good thing. I think she did really well in her singing in uh, Once More with Feeling. At this point, Crystal tells us a really beautiful story about a fan who appreciated Allison Hannigan's work on Buffy so much that they ended up bringing her a horse. I guess this fan was like a, an equestrian and a breeder of horses, and so um, since they were so thankful for Allison sharing her art with them, they decided to share their art with her. Um, I promptly ruin it by telling an off-color joke that you will be spared. So yay. 
Anywho, um, Aaron chimes in that he generally agrees with Crystal that the um, definitely a weak part of the show for him were the instances where the Scoobies did not uh, sort of back Buffy, um, as in that episode in Season 7 when they kick her out of the house, um, and, you know, other times where Buffy seems to sacrifice more for them um, than they do for her. And yet there were... Yet there were moments before that that they totally would have her back and that they would totally be in support of her. But, um, yeah, like it just like, it felt like, uh, no, uh, it was, I couldn't, yeah, no, no, least favorite or, um, or, um, uh, most hated. So here we get into a little bit of a go around about whether the Scoobies really get Buffy or really appreciate her uh, to the same degree that she appreciates them. Um, after all, there are a couple of times, um, especially when Faith uh, takes over Buffy's body, um, that really somebody ought to have known or been able to tell. And um, I th- think perhaps Aaron or James um, opined that, you know, even when Angel is having sex with her, he doesn't realize that Buffy is possessed. But Spears doesn't quite follow that argument, and you'll hear why. It's Riley that Faith has sex with in that episode. Yes. That I, was, just, one, I, one I feel like Angel characters. would have known. Well, he wouldn't have had sex with her because he knows what happens when he has sex with her. Anyway. Oh, because he's got such season, a great track record for that. The end of season two. He's like, I'm not doing that again. It's true, actually. They do make a lot of hay out of yeah. that in the body. <laughs> um or, and the episode following the body. Um, after Joyce dies, Angel like shows up, and they have they have a they have a cute <laughs> little scene, kind of where he's kind of bringing her back to reality. From here, Crystal lets us know that her favorite Buffy episode is "Conversations with Dead People," um, season seven, episode seven. Um, or basically, Buffy goes to stake a newly risen vampire, but it turns out that they went to high school together, and before being bitten, um, this guy became basically got a degree in psychology and he kind of psychoanalyzes Buffy a bit and it's a you know really tightly acted and written character analysis piece um really good pull um and then we basically sign off which sounded more or less like this um thanks everybody for listening um and please to find us on the facebooks at facebook.com slash geeks with kids podcast or seek us on the twitter um at geeks with kids ca which stands for canada not california as you might assume um go to our super cool website at www.geekswithkids.ca for our links to all of our social stuff and don't forget to you can always find us on stitcher itunes and on uh, google play music um, please to subscribe and leave stars and reviews. They actually do make a super huge difference. Uh, thanks very much. And, um, Majram, everyone. Hey, you made it all the way to the end. And you stayed for the post-credit sequence. You're a good fan, and we appreciate you. To show our appreciation, um, if you leave a comment with your favorite Buffy quip on the this week's episode on our Facebook page, or, you know, on our website as well, um, I'll send you the original extra to this episode, which, although it's missing some audio, it does feature Spears singing our um, Goodbye uh, Majram song. Um, if that's something that interests you, it can be yours. Uh, seriously, thanks for listening. Uh, Mushroom, bye.